Well, hey, friends, and welcome back to the Creative Shop Talk podcast. I am your host, Wendy Batten. I am very happy you are here today. You are in for a treat. Today, we're going to be talking to my friend and fellow coach, um, Gwen Bortner, and she is an operational strategist and business advisor. And we're going to be talking a little bit about big picture planning for your business and understanding why that's important. She says in her bio that she is a female, she helps visionary female entrepreneurs achieve their most ambitious goals without the stress and overwhelm of trying to do it all on their own. Isn't that great? Gwen's also a guest coach inside the Retailers Inner Circle. She has helping us and teaching us all about uh, inventory management and all about open to buy. She's a, done a guest masterclass for us inside the Retailers Inner Circle. So that's been kind of exciting and fun this month for our retailers. And we have a great conversation. Uh, she shares how she does big picture planning, like on quarterly planning, which I'm a really big believer in quarterly planning. We do 90 day planning inside the inner circle. We do 90 day planning inside my mastermind group. It is a big part of how I teach and what I teach. So we are very much in alignment. Gwen and I have had some great conversations off of the mic. So I invited her to come and join us on the mic here in the podcast. I think you're going to appreciate some of the uh, tools that she shares and some of the insights that she has for us. So without further ado, let's get chatting to Gwen. Running a retail business doesn't have to be so hard. Welcome to the Creative Shop Talk podcast, the go-to podcast for creative shop owners, studio owners, and independent retailers. I'm your host, Wendy Batten, retail business coach and mentor. Each week, I'll share simple proven business strategies, inspiring stories from fellow retailers and advice from industry experts. Together, we're gonna work to find the success you want from your retail business with more profits in your till and a little more joy in your life. So today on the Creative Shop Talk podcast, I am so excited to introduce to you my friend and fellow business coach, Gwen Bortner, and she is here and I'm so, I can't can't wait for you guys to meet her and hear uh, us talk a little bit about systems and business and coaching and all this great stuff. And I don't know, Gwen, welcome to the Creative Shop Talk podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Well, thank you so much for inviting me, Wendy. I, you know, the last conversation we had was just, it was such a fun conversation. So I'm looking forward to being able to share that with your, with your listeners. Yes. And in true honesty, we didn't pre-plan this. I just said, we have to turn the podcast on. Like we have to podcast about this. We were having such a great conversation. So I thought our listeners need to hear some of the conversations we were having. So thank you for just going with the flow with me. <laughs> so so tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, who do you serve? What, what do you do? Tell everybody. So I work with all sorts of business owners, but I have a, a really strong background in retail. And so I would say uh, probably 50% of the businesses that I work with are either in um, retail directly or in manufacturing supporting retail businesses. So, you know, kind kind of the same. And what I really focus on with the, the businesses that I work with, my clients, is helping them really focus on their operations as a way to make their business stronger and to really have their business support their life instead of their life supporting their business, which I think we see a a ton in 
the you know independent retailer world that their life is supporting their business instead of the other way around. Right, and so your business is everyday effectiveness. Is that yes? We're we're so and coaching is what you do. How do you serve people? I do want to share. So with my coaching, I've got two, well, three three kind of ways that I I, I support. One is what I call the quarterly tune-up, and that is a, a way for folks, particularly solo based business owners where they really don't have a a leadership team, which a lot of independent retailers don't have a leadership team. They may have several people working for them, but they don't necessarily have, you know, like a a leadership team unless they're a, a much larger shop. And it allows them to do quarterly planning with other like minded women who are really focusing on trying to, you know, move the needle on their business and make the changes that the that they want to want to make. And, and part of the quarterly tune-up is that we also have 13 weeks of ongoing accountability, which I think is a piece that we often miss when we're in that solo leadership sort of role is who are we accountable to? And when anyone says, well, you know, I'm really accountable to myself. It's like, well, that's actually not the definition of accountability. Accountability means you have to be responsible and giving reports to another person. And so the accountability piece is where the real value of the quarterly tune-up is. And I've had several retailers who only participate in the quarterly tune-up. They haven't done any of my other ongoing coaching options. And they have said things like, I have made more progress in the last, you know, three months, 13 weeks than I have in the past two years, because they knew that I was going to be looking at their responses. <laughs> I do a little bit of what I call micro coaching. I make little comments and whatnot in response to, to what they're, what they're posting. <clears throat> and because they know someone's going to be looking, they're really interested in making sure that they're doing the things that they know they need to do, but often, you know, get pushed in to the background with all of the busyness of running a retail shop. So, so that's my kind of baseline offering. I have two other offerings that that I provide, and both of them also include the, include the quarterly tune-up. And one is a small group program where we get together and we keep it as a really small group. That's one of my big fundamental things is if it's small group, it doesn't need to be 35 people. That is not small group. <laughs> that, that's a different kind of group. Doesn't mean it's not good, but it's a different kind of kind of group program. And that includes a little bit of one-on-one coaching with me. And then I also offer a full one-on-one ongoing um, coaching option with me as well. And so depending on where you are and what you're needing for for your business, um, we've got several different opportunities. So I, I laugh because when we talk about accountability, so my coach and just funny, people resist this, right? They resist we know we need it. So, and that's sort of what I want to pull apart and, and chat with you about today. So we know, I mean, I need it. So I will just speak from my own experience. I have a business coach and I have to report to like account, I'm accountable to her. And you're absolutely right. When I know I have to give her my numbers and show her my things. And it's like, I'm like, not cursing under my breath, but you know, like, I'm like right about it. I'm oh crap, I have to get this thing. But you know, it keeps me accountable. It keeps me doing the thing. And you're absolutely right. In our world, in in all small business world, we go. You know, we're only accountable to ourselves, and we can let ourselves down quite a bit, and then we beat ourselves up. And these things are we know we need to do. Like so, one of the things I see, and I know you and I have spoken about, 
is this resistance to growth and it's not growth that you know growth is a is I guess maybe that's not even the right word it's everything evolves as our business grows or as we're and we're evolving right. so the honestly Age is the only is the only thing that yeah that's, so yeah it's evolving all the time right yeah it's, but what I see happen and I think maybe you do as well and a lot of my listeners and this is the feedback I get we have a lot of new listeners we have a lot of old old listeners now we have a lot of retailers listening and the feedback I get quite regularly from my clients and I'm sure you hear this as well is I can bootstrap for a while I can wing it for a while opening a shop and getting it going and all of the sort of it sounds like that should be the hardest part but that's actually the easy part in in my opinion like it's the most fun we have the most energy we can everything is new yeah we can why all of that I feel like you know I've done that I see it you know and it it can be good and it's good and it's all good everything's fine it's fine (laughs) but then when all those wheels start turning and our team starts growing and our inventory is growing and where is our cash going and then like we realize we're really strong in certain areas and for the majority of the people, myself included, again, I'm speaking from myself and my experience and from a lot of my clients, our our joy and our our strength is usually front of house and maybe inventory, you know, maybe purchasing or, you know, and we have the best intentions, you know, for cash flow management, inventory management. We have the best intention to put systems in place. And then it's like, yeah, I don't, I just kind of let that fall away. Like, I, I, you know, we do it a bit. We do it because it has to be done. So where I see, and I guess what I'd love to chat with you, do you see that as a common block? Like when, when the word systems come up, I see that as a, I don't even know what you're talking about when, <laughs> you know. So where would you start? What's a common struggle that you see with retailers and independent, again, brick and mortar, my, my people are all solo. Yeah, I hate saying solopreneurs because none of us should be running our business alone, but we're just learning how to build these systems. We're learning how to do, you know, where do we go? Like, what are the first types of systems that you think? And Or what is the main struggle bottleneck, maybe is the right word that you see? Yeah, it's it's really interesting because first off, one of my kind of fundamental philosophies is context matters. And, and so where a lot of operations people will come in and say, here, I've got this solution for you. And it's, you know, all in a pretty package with a nice bow on it. The problem is a lot of times it doesn't work because it's missing the context of, of the environment, even if it's designed for let's say, independent brick-and-mortar retailers. Right. Um, there's still a lot of context that that matters. And so one of the things that I start out with with all of, all of my clients is having them actually think about what is their bottleneck. Because for some folks, it's inventory. For some folks, it's cash flow. For some folks, it's hiring systems. For some folks, it's just basic HR kinds of issues, wrong people, wrong seats, wrong rules, you know, kinds of things. Sometimes it's either spending too much in in doing admin. Sometimes it's not doing enough time in admin, you know, and all of those take a different, a different answer. And so I'm, like I said, I'm a really big fan of figuring out what's actually the thing that we need to focus on with you, because I believe very strongly that in, in what I call the gears 
philosophy. And so I use gears also as an acronym within within my my business, but that really the operations really does look work like the gears of a bit uh, of a machine, right? That when you fix one, often the thing that you thought was also a problem all of a sudden is way less of a problem and something right. else pops up, you know, as a as a bigger problem. So where to start really does vary. But once you've got ongoing customers and you're past that startup phase that you that you talked about, which I do think everyone feels like is hard, but there's so much energy there yeah. Oh, yeah. to get through it, right? <laughs> what most people want to do is they want to try and fix everything with marketing. Yeah. And it's like but- marketing is is not what's broken at no. this point. If I just had some more people come in the door, if I just made more sales, that actually, when I hear that, I... You know, yes, we need more sales. Everybody don't. Oh, right. And I don't ever want you to stop your market. for sure. But I totally 100% agree. It's like, okay, well, let's see what the leaky bucket is. Like, what else, you know, are we spending? What what else? So many things, right? I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. What else is, what else is going on? My, a lot of my experience has been in the craft markets. Mm -hmm. And, and so I'm, I'm speaking with, you know, a little bit of a narrow focus here. But one of the things I see is most people have way too much inventory for what their business will really support. And so often that's a place where where we start is we start looking at inventory and how can we reduce it over time without just doing, you know, a slash and burn, you know, kind of sale, because that's not helpful for your cash flow, right? That that becomes problematic in, in, in another way. But cash flow can be part of the issue. And often that's still back related, you know, related to inventory. And ultimately what the, what I see is the bigger problem is most people have done just as you described at the beginning of the show, that they get really excited and they're focused on marketing, which they should be, because that's, if you're not getting customers in the door initially, then you, you're not going to have a business, right? But all of the operational things just kind of happen as a reaction instead of as a plan. And my my goal always is to help people see their operations also as a strategic element of their business, not just an expense that is a must do because you got to have this stuff. Right. But instead looking at it with a real strategic mindset and saying, where, where can we make adjustments? What are the adjustments that we need to make? And what kind of you know impact is that going to have? in the whole business. And often people think it's systems, but it's often not systems at the beginning, which people are really surprised at because we we don't want to document systems until we know what really works right. and that we're doing it consistently. And when people start documenting systems early, often what they're doing is they're documenting a really cumbersome overly complex, not effective, not really getting the results we need system. And so now we're just doing more of that, which, you know, isn't really the way we we want to go with things. <laughs> so what would you suggest, you know, from a listener's point of view, somebody's listening right now, what is something that they should or could do? What's something that we could do or suggest, I guess, an action step that they could take to look at where those, where that bottleneck is. How do you identify? Is there, is there a, maybe not a quick way to do it, but is there a well, little, there, little so, homework or a little way we can, because I, yeah. do, I agree a hundred percent with it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm back here. Yes, yes, this is exactly true. 
Yeah. So, so one of the things that I use with my my folks in the quarter, quarterly tune-up every quarter is what we call the gears assessment. Mm-hmm. And the gears assessment looks only at operations. It does not look at marketing. Mm-hmm. It does not really look at product because to me, operations is all the stuff that is not customer facing. It's all yeah. the behind the scenes stuff, right? And so it's not a complete assessment of your business, but it's the place where people often aren't looking, right? <laughs> and and the gears assessment is designed completely as a subjective assessment. This is not, you know, a research, highly logical, you know, it that is not the way this is designed. It's really designed to be subjective, where you're going to evaluate each of five areas over five kind of categories. We're going to rate them one to four. And there's no middle on purpose because it's either, yeah, I'm above middle or I'm below middle, right? Depending <laughs> depending the on- The gear is working or it's not, right? It's right. not, right, exactly. And, and so the idea of that is to look at each of these things, give it a score, add up the scores for each of the five gears, and look at those also in reference to one another. And so when you look at the total score, you can kind of get an idea of how you're feeling about the operations of your business. But then you can also look at it from a section by section point. And generally where you're having a low score is probably where you have either the most important fix and or the easiest fix, because that's usually a place where a little bit of improvement will go a long way. And I encourage people to take it every quarter because I find that it changes for almost everybody. I also find back to being subjective that at some point your scores go up and then all of a sudden they go and they just drop really far down. People are like, I was doing so well. What happened? Well, what happened is what you considered good enough is not what it used to be. And what used to be a three is now a two. Mm-hmm. And and so you've changed your acceptance of what is a good enough level of, of competency. And so back to completely subjective, but it allows you to, to really look and see where are thing, things happening and gives you something to focus on for a quarter at a time. What are the types if you don't, can you just share like just? Yeah, like, sure. Like and, I, and, and what we'll do, we'll have uh, a link, we can put it in the, in the show notes for people to download their own gears assessment. It's free. It's no, it's, it's not a problem. So we we can absolutely provide that for them, but, but the gear stands for G stands for goals. So, and it's, it's really about goals and accountability. Are we, you know, working toward the thing that we're wanting to work for E stands for effectiveness. And a lot of this is about your effectiveness of your leadership and, and are you doing the right things in the right way in the right time, right order. A stands for accounting. So it's the accounting and finance. And it's not just, you know, the the obvious things, but it's some of the, the less obvious things. Like one of the questions is, are you evaluating your vendors and providers of accounting services mm-hmm. on a regular basis? People, you know, start with a CPA and they stay with them. And it's like, yeah, they're not actually who you need to be working with, you know, anymore. Right. 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 So point. some so, of the more subtle things. So true. We, we could have a whole podcast on that. But anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, we could totally have a podcast on that. R stands for resources, which is really anything that's limited. So it's often looking at the the people, the your time management, you know, your system, your not your systems, but your your subscriptions and and you know the services that you use, all of those kinds of things. And then S stands for systems and processes of are the are the things that need to be documented documented. Are you doing things consistently? Are you doing you know all all of those pieces? And so it's 
it's 25 questions. So it's not like a big, long process. And my, I always tell my clients when they're doing it, don't spend lots of time, you know, noodling over it. Just give your quick response because that'll be probably more accurate, but it still creates lots of thoughts. <laughs> and so we end up within our quarterly tune-up spending usually between 30 and 45 minutes on the whole thing because we let them do it. And then we also put them in small groups to discuss it because there is deep conversation that, that goes around that. And so for my, and my own team, we do it as well. Everyone on my team does it and we discuss it as a team to see where our scores the same, where are they different? Are we, you know, seeing things the same way? It, it, it creates a really rich discussion point about what's happening in our operations. And I think a common, I love that. And thank you for sharing that. I think that's, that's going to be really helpful. So we'll have that in the show notes and a link for that. I, what I see happening a lot is as we grow as leaders, right? You know, so we start these quite, quite often we start these businesses. And again, we do all this hustle and hard work and, you know, the, the startup phase. I believe we can do anything for a couple of years. And, you know, like I said, DIY, there's a, there's no, it's not, it's not surprising that by year three is usually when I get retailers. So I have retailers come to me, they've, you know, maybe they realize it right right away and, you know, early on in there, but generally it's year three, between two and three, when people say, oh, <laughs> like I'm not making as much money or where's my money going or, you know, all of those things that happen. I have um, similar experiences. Yeah, I just, <laughs> yeah, I just feel like it's, you know, and, and I, I always say that, you know, we can hustle for so long and bootstrap and hustle, but then we really have to step in and what I always call it is the role of the CEO, the leadership role. Put your CEO hat on. I usually have my hat here when I'm in I'm podcasting, but you know, <laughs> we have a CEO hat. We have to put that hat on. And that's almost a persona that we don't always want to. Like I, I don't want to do that. You know, it's like I'm not really, you know, but it's a it's a role you've chosen as a business owner, you've chosen to run this business and brand. You can keep it as simple as you want. If you have this little shop, you know, you open a flower shop, a bookshop, a record shop, whatever. Like most of my retailers, most of my listeners start it with a passion. They're not just selling widgets and moving them out. You know, yarn stores. I, I know you know that world really well, the creative world. That's where I was. I was a, you know, a furniture painter. I'm just going to sell some furniture paint and then I'm going to sell paint and then I'm going to do workshops. And it just sort of grew and then I had to get people like humans, other people to help me, you know, I had to have staff, you know, originally it was just me in my studio and, you know, without a plan and without goal, you know, all of that stuff. I did everything backwards to be honest, in those trenches. But probably normal. It may yeah, be and I, you know, and I, probably and normal. I have people that are like, so, and if you're listening to this and I say this regularly on the podcast, like that is a very normal, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur. I just sort of grew organically. I got really busy. Things got really crazy, like good, crazy good. Like my workshops were full. My in, I had too much inventory. <laughs> I was like all of this thing, you know, all of these things happen. And then it's like, how do I, you know, get off that Ferris wheel or hamster wheel or whatever we want to call it to just stop for a minute and get some help. And what I see happen a lot is a people are afraid to ask for help, which in, it's insane to me. Like, like top basketball. Okay, I talk about sports analogy, and I have no idea about sports. But anyway, like they get coaches, right? Like the top guys get coaches, you know. And yeah. if you want to be good, it's okay to ask for help. We don't have to do this thing alone. And you know, and I say, and that's obviously if you're listening, you, you know, you agree maybe. But I feel like what happens is. 
They put that CEO hat on. And then the first thing they want to do is abdicate from some of these things. I, my strength is not in numbers. So I'm going to give it to my bookkeeper. I'm going to give it to somebody else. I, my strength, I'm going to be, I'm going to step into that leadership role. I'm going to hire, I don't know, maybe a, a PR company or I'm going to do. And what I love about what you just shared about your gear strategies, you know, we have to make sure that we're paying attention to our bookkeepers and our, you know, I can't abdicate that. I think we all need to know a little bit of everything that's going on about, you know, as these, as our rules grow, right. As our business grows, our rules and our responsibilities grow. But what never changes in my opinion is we need to have a pulse on all of that. So that's where I feel like, you know, your type of coaching comes in and, you know, so I've got, I've got the gears in front of me, I'm paying attention or even, you know, how I coach with people is, you know, I don't want to abdicate. You need to understand what your PR company is doing. You need to know what Facebook ads are all about first and how to do it and all of that kind of thing, just to, you know, simplify it or your numbers or whatever, and not leave it up to somebody else to be running your business. And I love that you had said it's good to check in on those people and to check in on your, your, you know, your resources or whoever's helping you. I think it's really important. Um, but I do think that it's our role as leadership, like as our businesses grow, so does our responsibility in that. And I, I guess what I'm trying to really say is, you know, I love that you help people do that. Like, quarterly. I think that's a wonderful saying. We do a lot of, we do all quarterly. I'm a 90 day girl too. I'm like, we need to do 90 day planning and say that every day, all day long, 90 day planning. You need to know what's going on, you know, your goals, your mission, your vision and stay the course. Because another thing that's really common is when you do that quarterly planning or when you do that planning and you're got your hand on the pulse and you're paying attention and again, you don't have to do all of these things, but you have to have your hand on the pulse. You just said you have a team, your team are doing it too. And then you come together, but you're still the visionary. You're still the, you're still the, the CEO of this business, right? You still are the head of the company. Yeah. Yeah. It's still our responsibility. I always say when, you know, hit hits the, when, you know, when poop hits the fan, it's me that has to, to, you know, or, or taxes or everything, you know, at the end of the day, it's my business, my responsibility. And and that's what I always want people to know, but it's okay a, to have health. I don't know why we have this reframe in our, to reframe that in our brain. B, nobody is doing it alone. I have yet to meet, and I hope you can vouch for me on this or whatever, yet to meet a successful small business retailer who doesn't have any help at all, who's done every single thing by themselves. Like I've yet to meet anybody who's seeing great joy and profits and success and loving their business. And the maybe- ones who try and do it alone don't succeed because we can't know it all. We can't know it all. We yeah. Possible. Right. Yeah. I, I recently, yeah, I just let, you know, I just think it's really important to ask for help and it doesn't have to be Gwen or I, it doesn't have, you know, just making sure that you are getting the support and or doing the work, right. Doing that CEO work, scheduling time to do that. And i feel like that's a big thing for us. It's, you know, we're so busy in our business. We don't work on it. I mean, we hear those words all the time. The other thing I used to hear when I was in the trenches and I was in my pre, before I figured out, before I hired a coach and figured out how to do all this and had accountability. And I used to say, I used to hear people say, you need to have a strategic plan. And I was like, what the heck is a strategic plan? Like I used to piss me off, to be honest. I used to be so <laughs> I love it. 
I hated that when people would say that. But what I have realized is, you know, a knowledge isn't static. So what I knew when I started my business and, you know, knowledge isn't static. We're always keep learning and we always need to keep learning. I, as a coach, I know you do. I know you invest in your training oh, yeah. in mine all the time. And so our, I just want retailers to understand that most of the time when we see successful retailers around us, it's like that iceberg analogy where you're just seeing what they're doing up here. You have no idea what's going on in the operations in the back. Right. I do. I get to meet a lot of people. When I get to see the back. And I know Gwen does as well, too. Like we get to see, you know, the, the maybe the tears or the like, you know, what's happening. So you're not alone. And I think it's okay to look for that help and seek, seek that help. But, you know, it is your, you know, action step wise. And what I'd love people to take away from this is that, you know, we need to be, we need to do our own self-assessment and your gears sounds perfect. (laughs) And we'll also have your, your gears assessment will definitely uh, help us towards that CEO, you know, really stepping into that role and, and taking ownership of our business. Is there an action step other than the gears that you'd love people to take away from or something you'd love people to take away or any less? Well, it, I just want to say plus one to everything that you've said, Wendy, because that really is the piece is to know that, that people who are successful are never doing it alone. They never are. Never. And it also is that you don't need the same coach forever. You know, I, I'm sure you've had multiple coaches of different types over time. I know I've had multiple coaches of different types over time and that they can look like all sorts of things. Sometimes they're a one-on-one coach. Sometimes it's a group program coach. Sometimes it's a networking of a bigger, you know, membership kind of program coach. I mean, there's lots of places that you can be getting coaching and to realize that you you want to try different things and you want to look at different things because if, for instance, all you do is ever get coaching on marketing because, you know, marketing is kind of fun and that's the thing we're going to work on and marketing make our business grow and grow and grow. You're missing a whole other piece of, of your, of your business. And sometimes you are getting coaching without it being coaching in the way we think of it. Like if you're working with a really good accountant CPA they're also potentially coaching you, although you may not be hiring them as a coach in what we would typically typically call that. But knowing that, you know, different, you've got different needs for different seasons and, and to be okay with that and know that something that where you didn't need any help, all of a sudden you do. And then something where you feel like, you know, I, I'm still really struggling with this. Maybe you've got a better handle on it than you think you do, <laughs> you know, and, and so being really prepared that looking for help and knowing that most people that are successful are getting that. Sometimes they're getting it because of what they're, you know, back to, we only know what's at the top of the iceberg. You know, I've seen some people, it's like, well, they don't get any help. And it's like, well, they don't get any help because their husband is this their daughter is this, their son is this, you know, and it's like, they are getting their help. They're just not getting it in the way that you typically see it because of who they happen to be related to. (laughs) But for the most part, we're all, we're all needing help of different types of at different times and, and to be, to be okay with that. Because it really, it really is the key to success. Yeah, I totally agree. I, 
100%. Like I was spinning, spinning in a really successful retail business, which is crazy. Like, but you know, like had the plastered the fake smile on my face because I was so busy. I was successful at the shop, but I was really unsuccessful in life at that point because I was missing a point, like I was missing family thing. I, you know, I was right. happy. I wasn't exercising, you know, like all the things about my life, my business was booming, but you know, I didn't have the systems and operations in place. And, you know, because I, I just, it just grew so fast. And, and I see that a lot. I see a lot of retailers say that, you know, and then I got a handle on it, but I hired coaches. I finally like, that was it. I, but I had to piecemeal coaches. I always joke and say, I couldn't find me. I couldn't find, I couldn't find an independent, small, like brick and mortar retail coach. I've pieced together all these different types of coaches anyhow. And I, that's why I always say I'm the coach I always wanted <laughs> So that's why I'm here. But so, yeah, that's how this happened. Fast forward 10 years it's been 10 years now. But, you know, that's what it was. My business was just busy. You know, it was so busy and I didn't have those business advisors in place at that time. So right. coaches, business advisors, you know, I really got strategic and intentional about that so that I could have a life. Right. So that my business could run smoothly. But that in turn, that's a whole other podcast. But that in turn is going to help you know what do I need what did Wendy need Wendy needed some right. time off I didn't need to work all the time right so I didn't need to be doing that all the time thus you know and that's how systems and I, I picture your gears now I'm going to picture your gears like working together I, I, that's how our gears work together when they start working yeah so things are greased up and they feel a lot better and they work well and just yeah I have this visual now I'm a very visual person like I literally visualize that kind of thing I talk a lot about levers like pushing the levers and the, you know and it's funny because when you said gears I talk about pushing levers in marketing and you know all the, the mm -hmm. we work on but so thank you so much I wrap up my podcast usually with a couple of quick rapid fire questions Okay, I'll do my best. Are you ready? I was like, no, we have like did not prepare this. So there you go. There you go. Do you have a favorite business book now that you now or something you've read in the past that you'd love to share with us? So Profit First is always one that I'm talking to retailers. The challenge is it needs to be tweaked. And so I'm often helping them tweak it for retailers because it's not really designed exactly right for retailers, but Man, every retailer that implements it sees huge, huge, huge advantages. Yes. And on that note, you, you, that's part of like, I know you're not a profits first expert or professional or whatever, but you're pretty, yeah, I, I'm a <laughs> former profit first professional. I understand Oh, it. you are. Okay. I was going to say you yeah. teach the principles around that too. So yeah. Funny story. You're our, you are my third guest that has said that book. And just, just funny, like I've had retailers on and other business advisors and yourself on. It's just funny. I just, because I agree. I'm totally a profits first junkie too. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. When you're not working uh, on your business, when you're not coaching awesome people, what is a favorite hobby or something that you like to do when you're not coaching? So I do come from the craft world and I used to be in a professional knitter. So I still knit, but because when the thing you do, it becomes your job, it's not really the same thing <laughs> anymore. You have a different yeah, relationship. So, so I also love to do English paper piecing. So it's a form of quilting that's, a, that's more portable. And then I'm also kind of outdoorsy. I like to swim and hike and paddleboard and ski and do all those things as well. So it depends on if I'm doing indoor-y stuff or outdoor-y stuff. <laughs> I do love that. And I totally agree with the thing that becomes your business that you loved. And 
I bet you a lot of our listeners can relate. I, I bet so. Does not become, it ends up not being your hobby. That's what happened to me with furniture painting. Right. I mean, it doesn't mean you don't still love it. Yeah. But you yeah, have a different yeah. relationship with it. <laughs> Great way of framing it. Different relationship with it. Yeah. So actually, I don't do any of that anymore as a business. But the other day I was painting a piece of furniture and my first instinct was, oh, crap. Like, you know, I have to paint. It's like, wait, I haven't painted a piece of furniture. I don't have to paint this. This is for me. Like, it's like, it's just a different relationship. Great way of putting it. So, so thank you very much. Where can, where do you like to hang out? Where's the best way to, best place for us to send our listeners to connect with you? Yeah, so I, our website at everydayeffectiveness.com, you can easily get access to me there. And then I'm mostly on LinkedIn because most of my, my work is business to business. And so I tend to be hanging out on, on LinkedIn and you can find me on LinkedIn under Gwen Bortner. Perfect. We'll make sure we have all your links and all your connections and uh, your, your gears assessment on our show notes today. Thank you so much, Gwen. I am so happy that you joined us here today. I appreciate you and your time. Thank you. Oh, I so, so enjoyed the conversation, Wendy. I, I look forward to the next one. <laughs> there will be another. <laughs> so thanks, Gwen. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Creative Shop Talk podcast. I'm so glad that you're here to join us this week, and I hope you found value in what we're sharing here. I want to remind you that our website has all of the show notes. You can find it at wendybatten.com slash podcast. Everything that you need to hear about today's podcast is there. Also an opportunity if you need to reach out to me. If I can support you in any way whatsoever, please feel free to reach out. So thanks for joining us. Please leave a review, subscribe if you can, and never miss an episode. We hope to see you back here again next week. Thanks, my friend. Have a great week.